Welcome back to Square Horror. I'm your Duke of Spook, Danny. Sorry, I, I don't think I could hear it correctly. Oh, wait, oh. no, now I can. I, my, my hearing just came back all okay, of a sudden. Yeah. yeah, sorry, I'm the master of ceremonies. I just went deaf there for a second. And, uh, yeah, much <laughs> like our main character, we're going to be doing that quite a bit. My hearing might just go in and out, you know? Yeah. I might need to uh, fill it with the screams of pain in order to hear it. Or one might even say, the sounds of violence. Yeah, yeah. The Sound of Violence uh, came out last year, uh, correct? In May of 2021. It's That's a correct. Finnish-American slasher film written and directed by Alex Neuer in his, direct, his feature-length directorial debut. Correct. Inspired by his short film, which is titled Conductor. Yes, Alex Neuer is one of those directors that gets pulled up from the bullpen in the world of horror to... Either through more of a budget or more of a more uh, you know of an opportunity to do so, put their short film into the big league category, make it a feature length film. Uh, in this case, um, the sound of violence came from, as you said, conductor, which we watched after we watched the movie. Yes. which I'm glad that we did that because I feel like. Unlike another movie like Lights Out, which is another movie that is based on a short film that is both directed by the same guy that did the uh, short film. Mm-hmm. Um, however, this one seems very different. This feels like there was a lot more that they were still working out when it came to the story, the character, and just the vibe of what they wanted to do with this. So the short film and the feature film are very different. Yeah, they have very different styles as well as, yeah, overarching um, plots. Because the main plot of the short film is just kind of this um, competition in a mall about creating a beat, which ends up activating this, like, murder torture device that people don't yeah. see behind a curtain it seems very much like a cold open saw trap especially in the last couple of movies where it's more public mm-hmm. and it's more about like instilling it, fear it did kind of really remind me of the um love lover's triangle, the love triangle one cold open well and even in the feature film there's several uh ways of Violence. There's several. There's several scenes and and actions that are taken that very much resemble, at least to the both of us, imagery from the Saw franchise. Mm-hmm. Um, namely, uh, and we can. This is a good segue to talk more about the future film, in the manner in which the individual, the killer, this main character, goes about extracting the sounds that she needs for. Uh, what it says on IMDb as intense pleasure, which we're going to get into because I think a lot of the meat and potatoes this episode will just be us trying to suss out what her deal is. So, yeah, um, I'm going to do the little plot description we have Please. from uh, Wikipedia. Thank you, Wikipedia. Um, the film follows Alexis, who has recovered her hearing after witnessing the brutal murder of her family at the age of 10, uh, who has... Uh, synesthetic abilities awakened in her and starts a journey of self-discovery through the healing music of brutal violence. I was afraid that they were going to say synesthesia because it, it's not synesthesia. <laughs> really. Um, in pursuit of a career through experimenting new sounds, Alexis enlists the help of her loving roommate Marie, yeah. unaware of the dark purpose behind Alexis's actions and the part she is unknowingly playing. Marie is serial killer wife in this instance. Uh, although in this sense, it's more, um, 
are they roommates or are, are they, they... Girl, boy, like girlfriend and girlfriend? Which was the game we played most of the movie. Yes. I don't really still have an I answer. Still don't, I still I, don't feel solid on my I answer. Still, I have an answer, but I don't feel solid with it. I, my, my money is still on lesbian relationship that they are in an open relationship for, but only the uh, blonde girl is, mm-hmm. you know. Which is difficult, because Alexis is too busy killing people to well, yeah. really talk about their relationship. And Alexis, being faced with the likelihood of losing her hearing again, mm-hmm. begins a rampage to create her masterpiece of sound, not letting anything, not even love, get in her uh, way. I'm glad they added I'm that glad they had that. Because really, that's what this is at the end of the day, is... Um, like a, almost like a tragic love, like a super villain origin story. Yeah, this feels like very much it could be that where it's almost like a Criminal Minds episode if they didn't catch them at the end, and it's like they finally found out their big super villain arc, and mm-hmm. then now they're gonna just do that until they're caught. Um, unfortunately, and I think I we we talked about this during where the movie does a really good job of. Having the main character, who is this deeply disturbed individual, be going through the like budding serial killer um, mannerisms, she's pushing boundaries. It moves from a uh, at least like what we see at the beginning. She is recording um, exclamations of pain from a uh, SNM couple. Mm-hmm. Uh, Janie, you want to give me a sample of what the uh, noises that she was getting? Mm. No, it was a. Uh... Oh yeah. Mm. Mm. Yeah, it's that. That's what's getting this Just girl the off. Si- and it was the same grunt every yeah. time. <laughs> like, it was the guy going like, yeah. Like, because yeah. it was gagged or whatever. But, you know, so she's pushing it for more. She wants more and more violence. So that's going to push more and more towards the point of going over the ledge and actually ending somebody's life. Mm-hmm. Which she does, at least the first kill that we see... I guarantee it was not the first time that she killed anybody. Well, at least the first one as an adult, because we do right. see her kill someone as a child. Well, but we didn't know that until later on, and I remember the first time we saw that, where she, she, she very much like American Psycho, because this movie feels very much like it could be like we, you and I had a bunch of different tracks of where we felt like this movie probably could develop into, which is a little bit more. Know, time in the oven because mm-hmm. um, we love this concept uh, but we weren't sure necessarily if we were going to outwardly um, recommend it but we feel like it's more for the vibe and the experience of what happens in it that's yes. why you should see it mm-hmm. well and I'm going to jump a little ahead here but I think the visual storytelling of this first time director right. is truly magnificent very and much like a music video really opens up a lot of avenues for this director into what they do next yeah i i honestly especially now with the success of um <clears throat> the lead actress being in the new screen movie mm-hmm. hopefully that will then gain more attention at least in a cult following manner to this movie and kind of be this director's like jumping off point yeah um yeah lots of directors get their starts that way all right so that's our overview a bit. Um, mm-hmm. Let's get into some stuff. Yeah, let's get into some some re- right. real stuff. Before we open up the can of worms that's Alexis, I want to talk a little <laughs> bit about um, the more or less like the headspace. I feel like I was not in to watch mm-hmm. it. I am not a music production person. Don't know the first thing about it. Don't know anything about music theory. Nor do I know anything about how people make it in the studio. 
Mm-hmm. This movie is all about that. Clearly was written by somebody who knew that. Who does and, it, yeah. And to their credit, not a lot of other things. Specifically, like, police procedure. Or, like, how someone would not or, get yeah, caught. how or, like, the human, human body biology, works. You know? <laughs> but, I mean, it's a horror movie. You suspend disbelief. That's totally fair. Exactly. We were just having fun watching it. Like, oh, her yeah. hearing is just gone again. You it's know? membranes, man. Membranes, you know. Weirs. <laughs> well, and the big one that I popped in earlier was synesthesia. Synesthesia, for people who may not know, or at least the word's familiar... It's uh, also known as hysterical blindness. It's the association of other senses, like of your five senses, crossing paths with other five senses. So it's where people say that blue tastes like this, or the number seven is red, or like all of these different things that is in a more um, internal processing way. So the information itself is not any more or less intense than, you know, just seeing blue. Or, you know, or, or eating a burger or something and then mm-hmm. feeling red. It's like these people can't really describe how that feels. Even to other uh, people with synesthesia mm-hmm. is their own brain pr- perceives things differently from everybody else. Where Alexis is different is that um, sound, specifically that of like, like rhythmic beating, I feel like it's what she's drawn to normally. Mm-hmm. And because, you know, there's rhythmic beats in pretty much anything, she has isolated and zeroed in on the rhythmic beats of human suffering, mm-hmm. specifically because they show, like, a weird, like, cross-section of her brain, like, internally, like, lighting up. And I'm like, yeah. what is this supposed to mean? Is this, like, a sexual release? Because I'm not sure. I don't want to go ahead and be like, oh, man, violence is making her come. Because, again, psychologically, that's not how that works. Also, sound, I, what? It cures her her initial deafness as a child when she beats her father to death with a meat tenderizer. Yes. So um, when we meet Alexis as a child at the beginning of the movie... Um, she is deaf. We don't know for how long. We assume it hasn't been since birth because she it can seems, speak. Yes, it seems very recent because her father is like a veteran of some sort. Yeah, he just, just returned now being exposed from, to this. Yeah, he just returned from the military and he is not used to her not being able to hear. So he's just trying to speak to her while he's dealing with PTSD. Yeah, he also is clearly yeah, not doing well with uh, his own mental state. Mm-hmm. And so he ends up killing her mother in their like living room when she walks out one night and she can hear it yeah and then she grabs a meat tenderizer and hits him over the head with it yeah it's very intense for a child to beat her father with a meat tenderizer and immediately begin like giggling mm-hmm. like she had just began to hear again so that happened and then the first thing that she hears is violence, and the first thing that she does in response to that is contribute back to that violence, and then that violence, that noise, fills that brain with serotonin or mm-hmm. whatever. This artist, the writer probably didn't know, but it's just some sort of this is good. Mm-hmm. She likes this sensation. So obviously as she grows up, she's going to be more and more drawn to... Um, that sort of rhythmic bass and unlocking why. So mm-hmm. we find her. Was she a teacher? Was she a she's, TA of some sort? I believe she's an 
uh, undergraduate, but she's on the upper end of it. I think she's a senior in college right. because they're giving lectures to their class. Of, or, uh, when we find Alexa, she's giving a lecture to her class about how the human body creates its own beats right. through the uses of internal organs and all of that. And that's what she really latches and onto. And then for her experimental right. sound. Well, and it's where it becomes less psychopathic of like, I just like the sound of screams. For her, it's all rooted in music theory. So mm-hmm. because she's fixated on the natural like beats of the human body, it's like pain is what it's basically the extent of playing the human body. Yeah. Pain is introducing some sort of stimulus across the instrument, quote unquote, for a different so which is what she does with that guy who comes in to sing. She tries to get him to sing also while she's applying shocks mm-hmm. cuz she's trying to match it with a theremin cuz this is what music people do. You shouldn't trust them and you should burn them in the street. <laughs> Because they're just trying to think of ways to more effectively kill people. No, they're just trying to use people for their sound. Uh, of course. That's exactly, what, yeah. that's exactly <laughs> what it is. Producers are that. <laughs> yeah. So, um, as we find Alexis, she is very into the experimental sound genre of uh, contemporary music, which I do feel is something I also have very little say over. Yeah, I we are not experts. Don't know on anything that. about it, but um, I do think it's really interesting later on in the movie when she's introducing her experimental sound. Albeit, <laughs> it gets weird, but how her class reacts to it, I think, is very poignant in how she reacts to their reaction and how she's thinking about this as her major project. That now, can anyone else support? Or is this just for me? Yeah, she, in very much where it becomes more supervillain-esque, is she's like, no one understands like what I'm doing, my art, my work. You know, mm-hmm. she, once you start talking we, like that, it's like, ooh. And we get our first little glimpse of that right after her and Marie are f- uh, recording the couple. Yeah. Because Alexis is wanting them to push past their boundaries. She believes that she knows best because she's trying to make some sort of art. So she's Mm -hmm. like, he can take it, it'll be fine. Because she's still learning. She doesn't know, she hasn't crossed that threshold. At least, well, theoretically she should not have crossed that threshold in her mind of linking the murders with the ultimate release of beats or whatever. It, It does something to her membranes. Yeah. And I don't know. The point is... What it does to her membranes makes her want more of it. Mm-hmm. So she's going to go to any lengths to experiment with that to make, I don't know. She didn't really seem very positive on a, like, a, an end goal. Yeah. But in, you know, again, in classic serial killer fashion, she fixated the end game of her obsession with music. She fused that with her obsession with her roommate, Marie. Mm-hmm. Uh, who before we talk about her, I do want to talk about the actress specifically because the whole movie, I'm like, I know you from somewhere. Where is it? And where do you know her from? God, just so many things. So she has been in a show. She was in a show called Banshee, which was a... Uh, uh, and this is uh, Lily Yeah, Sim- Lily S- Simmons, sorry. Yeah, the uh, who plays Marie. Right. So she was in a show called Banshee, which was made by the same guy that did True Blood, which is okay. how I, I because the name was familiar of, of the show, 
but she also did Ray Donovan. She was uh, in an episode of she was in the last episode of Gotham. She was uh, Selena Kyle when they kind of jump forward, oh. and they only recast Selena Kyle for some reason, yeah. despite that Bruce was still, you know, there. He was still seventeen <laughs> yeah. years old. Um, she was also in The Purge. Um, I think the second season of the show, which I have oh, not okay. seen yet. Um, but she also is in uh, Westworld for a couple of episodes. But she is also in Bone Tomahawk, which is the main one. Okay. Bone Tomahawk is a, it's a Kurt Russell weird horror movie um, that Eli Roth helped produce, and I fucking love it. And okay. I'm like, that's probably what it was. Because everyone in that movie looks very striking, and they stick with you because Bone Tomahawk gets fucked up. Well, and for all of you Disney Channel original movie buffs out there, she was oh, also in uh, Geek Charming. Oh, shit! <laughs> <laughs> I have to throw that in there so our DCOM fans will no, know what I, I she's think from. we at this point we owe it to any time anyone here is in a DCOM, we mm-hmm. have to we gotta talk mention about it. it. We, we did it with Saw. We did it with Black Christmas. Anytime now, we have to do it. If we missed one, we're fucked. Oh, and uh, was it Cool Runnings? The guy from Saw Six was in that too. Yeah, remember? that one always blows my mind because I see stuff for Cool Runnings. I'm like, fucking Mr. Easton's in that shit. Uh, speaking of cast, we could talk about Jasmine Savoy Brown. Yes, uh, who's Alexis, the our main, main character. Yeah. Uh, who I'm I'm calling. Uh, what if I I said it was something like Dark Daredevil, because <laughs> she she didn't have her hearing. And then, at least from the description of the movie, when we first kind of watched the trailer for it and read the mm-hmm. description, I assumed that it was, like, her sense of hearing had been replaced with, like, the radar sense type hearing, and that, like, pain was, like, the ultimate stimulation. Um, but anyway, Alexis Reeves is played by Jasmine Savoy Brown. Uh, most recently, she was in the Scream. I'm not calling it a recall. But the re the re- scream five to, scream five the scream scream the scream <laughs> uh, scream twenty twenty two and holy shit is she had a very prolific career especially in the last five to ten years mm-hmm. um, she's currently in a show called Yellow Jackets which I've heard a lot about. I've heard a lot of good things about recently um, she also did a couple of voiceover works especially Lego Star Wars she's Lena who I think is in. The new movies, okay, in like the last movie, Rise of Skywalker. Mm-hmm. She's one of those other like ex stormtroopers that Finn becomes friends with. Okay, yeah. Um, she's also the voice of Finn Mason in Spider-Man Miles Morales. She's one of the main characters. in Yeah, the game. she did the voice and motion capture show. Yeah, because it looks the game, just like her. It looks just like her, which made sense because when we saw Scream, I'm like, I know you from somewhere. Well, and I loved being able to call her the tinkerer throughout this movie because she has moments where she's full-on tinkerer well, it, it added to the, the john kramer motif where all of her very elaborate death traps i'm like you need some understanding of engineering to make what you just made mm-hmm. uh she was also in wolfenstein uh in the one from 2019 okay she also has done several TV shows, such as The Leftovers, which is an HBO one. I think that's a, pr- a post-Rapture type show that I've been told to get into. And that Will show about a young Will Shakespeare. Oh, yeah. Uh, as well as For the People, which is an ABC one. It looked like a West Wing type show. I'm not, okay. I'm not entirely sure. Um, and Love, which looks to be one of many in the Netflix rom-com renaissance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I keep seeing that one pop up, and I ha- I haven't broken into it yet, but I'm sure I will at some point. Yeah, 
Sorry, the the ABC show is a Shonda Rhimes show, so it's like How to Get Away with Murder or Grey's Anatomy, where oh, okay. it's like a bunch of like young, really smart people who are like really good at everything, which is most of the characters that she tends to play. So the odds are you probably have seen her somewhere if she looks familiar. Mm-hmm. Um, she also has one of those faces where she also, to me at least, has a lot of resemblance to um, I forget her name, but the. Uh, character from falcon of the winter soldier who's the leader of the flag smashers oh yeah they I don't look very similar in the face um but anyway she's incredible in everything that i've seen her in especially spider-man and scream and uh this was a lot more of an experimental thing i feel like she could do yes um the director i don't know anything else specifically that he had done before this you said that this was his first feature length this was thing, his first right? feature-length film. Um, he had directed the, the short film this was based on, and I believe he had directed another short film. But other than that, he hasn't had a whole lot of exper- experience, yes. I believe. He's been a producer on a handful of things, mm-hmm. but this is this was his big delve into the film yeah. genre. And probably the first of several, or at least uh, we could hope, uh, to come, or just more projects of stuff. Hopefully this got enough... Uh, because it's so recent, I'm not really sure if there's figures spe- specifically on how this movie performed and and as to the kind of end game of this one. Yeah, well, so it, this yeah. didn't have like a major theatrical release. This was very no. much a movie that made its way through um, different film festivals and then had a at home release. Well, and if COVID has done anything positive for movies, at least in the last two years, has been. If you can get your movie onto something, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter because you made it for almost nothing, and now it's going to be on a streaming and then get circulated a bunch, and then you're going to get exposure. Yes. So it's actually the good way of getting paid and exposure because mm-hmm. it's like, okay, well... Because you're also still getting paid. Yeah, you probably least. didn't do it through a major studio, but if you get that on Amazon Prime or like Shudder, which like a lot of movies that I watched over break... Uh, ended up being on Shutter. Mm-hmm. Um, that probably would have otherwise never seen the light of day. They get more circulation, and those directors get more attention because people people just have to see the work. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be produced by the right person. As long as someone sees it and likes it, they're going to want you to do something else. Yes. Um, I mean, that's how uh, Mark Webb got Amazing Spider-Man. Is he made Five Hundred Days of Summer? Um, someone at Sony liked it, and they're like, "Hey, you want to make this multi-billion-dollar uh, su- like su- Superman superhero Superman, movie? Superhero movie? Um, kind of like this because it definitely has a lot of um, meat mm-hmm. to it. There's a lot going on in it. There's a lot of depth going on. There's just a lot. Period. Yeah, there's you a know? lot to unpack. There's a lot to movie. unpack. Absolutely." It by no means are we saying that the movie is bad because of that. It just, at least personally, felt like there was too much they had they could they could go into and mm-hmm. they can't do all of it. Yes, and this movie, it very much is a ninety-minute in and out feature. So it, I was finding myself intrigued as they added more things to get into right. that eventually didn't end up getting as developed as I would have liked. Again, yes, we aren't saying this is a bad movie. No, by I, no means. At least speaking for myself, I really enjoyed my time yeah. with the movie. It was really it a was really fun. interesting piece. It brought me back to my days of watching Whiplash. Truly, because all, and even then, like the whole movie, you know, is it's us. We we talk about it as we go, especially mm-hmm. when we are watching for this show. 
So we were throwing out like, oh, you know, is it like this? Like we're trying to figure out as we go. And all of the things we were figuring out were like awesome. So like, yeah, it's not that like, oh, it's bad because they, they could have done this and they didn't. It was like anything, like all the pieces are there to make something good. Mm -hmm. It's just that all the pieces are there and there's a lot of pieces. Yeah. So we were putting them together in our minds about what it could be, but it took the whole movie to put all the pieces out. Mm -hmm. So, you know, by the end when we're like, all right, it could be like an American Psycho mixed with Whiplash, mixed with, um, God, what else did we say? Like Sound seven? of Metal. Yeah, Sound of Metal, where it was like, you know, this could easily be like an American Psycho in the sense of this person clearly has a disconnect from others because they feel that they're the only ones that know about this mm -hmm. specific thing. Um, she was, you know, one bad party away from going on about experimental music like Patrick Bateman would go about Whitney Houston mm -hmm. or Huey Lewis in the news. Um, and she had that scene with the homeless man that I'm like, this is straight up a scene from American Psycho. Yeah. Where she shows up and she's like, you want some food? You want some money? And he's like, I'll do whatever you say. And then she brings him to her, like, John Kramer Warehouse, trap. yeah. Well, because that, oh, man. That whole scene is intense because that's the one that they took from the short film. And and reimagined kind of, yeah. yeah. With a bigger budget and a more direct what is happening. Exactly. Because the whole um, membrane thing we've been alluding to, that's not even at, addressed in the, the short film. Mm -hmm. We are just, we just kind of see this happen and the character that we know is Alexis at least then, like, we know she put this on because we've mm -hmm. seen the movie, but in the short film, it's just someone that really knows music and then is, like, listening to the beat as they're leaving and they're just dancing while everyone is like, holy shit, it's killing somebody. Yeah. You know, now she's orchestrating it. Mm -hmm. Now she's conducting it. She's, I, I don't know Which what Which is that... kind of fun because yeah. this was originally called Conductor before they renamed it to mm -hmm. The Sound of Violence. So you know more about production, I would assume, than me. What's that little, like board thing that she has so um that's a sound uh, i don't exactly remember what it's called i think it's called a drum pad because it's um i hope it's people know what we're talking about here. it's something you use to make beats in electronic music where like a, each button will have a different kind of sound effect yeah. one will be the electronic yeah. bass pedal one will be the hi-hats one yeah. will be the snares and so you use that to create these um you create the beats and you can loop them and how Alexis uses it is she has it hooked up to a contraption that is attached to a chair where this homeless person is strapped in, and each of the different buttons uses a different instrument of yeah. destruction for this person. There's saws, there's sledgehammers. knives, sledgehammers, there's a meat tenderizer in there. On, right at the top of his head, which is where she hit her father mm. with it. She knows that makes a good noise. Exactly. <laughs> she That's the noise she remembers. Yeah. And I think it's really interesting that what finally pushes her to use that chair with the homeless man is the first time her hearing starts to leave that's correct. since she was a child. And that happens, I believe, after she is... Uh, She's walking down the street. She's being accosted by this guy. She kind of throws him off of him. He stumbles in a trap. He gets fucking nailed by a truck. Mm -hmm. And she gets that sensation again, which, again, is probably, you know, just like serial killers accidentally killing someone and being like, oh, this is the thing that I really like. She did that, got that rush, and then immediately lost her hearing for about a couple minutes. Mm -hmm. And that was like, you know... Well, then we started thinking, like, well, shit, does she, like, need pain or else she, like, won't be able to hear? Mm -hmm. and, like, this brings up a lot of stakes for her is, you know, 
is she actually going to be mad or is she just going to be like, I have to hear for my music. I need to be able to do this. Like, I built my life now doing this. I'm not going to lose that. Mm -hmm. Which, you know, has more complexities and stuff that the movie, you know, if he gave it a sequel, he'd probably explore that. You know, there's just a lot more there. Yeah. So at least at least for us, like we're, you know, we're, we view horror more as like a, as a, uh, <clears throat> like a building block piece as building block pieces. So like as writers, we're like, okay, well, this is a good piece. This works, this works, this works, but you can't always do all of it. Mm -hmm. um, while all of it's good, sometimes you have to like let some stuff go. I, was, I think this was a great jumping off point for This Alex. is the perfect It was draft. a great first movie to have because I feel like they've learned a lot about what they should spend extra time on what they don't need to spend as much time on with this movie and it's I'm going to be really excited to see their next project. Oh yeah, I would love because to see Because I something. know I'm going to be checking it out. Oh yeah. I mean, you hooked me in as, as soon as you were like she's deaf and I'm like I love any time that there's something fresh in the world of horror or at least in a in a horror aspect that hasn't been approached with this specific aspect. Yes. Um that was a lot of aspects. So it's like, <laughs> for an example, like Hush. So mm -hmm. you have a movie like The Strangers that came out in like the early 2000s that kind of covered more or less the home invasion and the isolated wilderness, you against some random person motif. Mm -hmm. Hush is essentially the same thing, but with the spin of, well, what if that person was deaf? What are they going to do now? And because it's written by Mike Flanagan, he goes into character depth of what that indicates. Mm -hmm. So... With every single character, with every single creator, even if you end up doing something similar, it's all room for what you feel like you can add to it. In this case, not only making her at least synesthetic deaf or whatever we want to call it, but having the addition of her being like really into music production mm -hmm. as like motivation like that's all sorts of creepy well, yeah and it creates as you were saying these giant stakes because she's created an entire world of music that is lost right. to her if she loses her hearing again. and she's good at it like she's very good at this you mm -hmm. know her professors think so her professor who's if google was a guy yes the actor is the same also he's the voice of um Randy in Bob's Burgers, who's just kind of the regular guy with the Tina crew. Yeah, he's he's in a lot of stuff, like mm -hmm. comedy-wise, both live action and voiceover. Um, but yeah, he's specifically, if you've seen the college humor of Google was a guy, he's Google. <laughs> well, and it's really interesting because once uh, Alexis does share her experimental piece, which is using sounds from a <laughs> slaughterhouse, he's the only person in the room who tries to defend her being talking about how art is subjective and this is a very experimental piece right. when all of her classmates just start yelling at her about how <laughs> disturbing it is. I mean, they're right which to is have true. those thoughts. But he's also not an idiot. Mm -hmm. He defended that, but as soon as that detective came asking questions, he was like, all right, it might be her. And then he's like, yeah, she checked out this equipment. You know, that is that they found at the crime scene, like all of these things. Like, and why I feel like it's very realistic almost is a lot of these serial killers that are like deep into some kind of like grandiose psychosis of some sort mm -hmm. don't really think about the outside world. Like a lot of times if they have started killing people as some sort of like path to their weird psych, whatever like weird mental game they've built, they almost don't even think about the fact that police are happening. Or if they mm -hmm. do, they feel like, 
they're so much more elevated because, again, they feel so much more superior because she's like, I can hear pain, mm-hmm. like, better than anyone else can. So she's not going to think twice about, like, renting out equipment from her school and leaving it at a crime scene. Yeah. Or, you know, killing a guy in a sound booth that she rented out in the middle of the day from somebody else. Yeah, that's... I I really like that scene. It's really goofy, but I love... It is really, the, really goofy. I love the use of, of trying to match a person's vocal pitch with a theremin which can go infinitely higher than a person's vocal range can just that's the physicality of it and that resulted because she hooked this uh this guy up with electrodes that she could try to stimulate him his vocal cords to go to that level Mm -hmm. and right after she does match pitch with this theremin his head explodes also i think part of that was personal based on who the actual guy was because i didn't notice this until i was thinking about it after the fact but that guy is the person who was working at the record shop. Yeah, yeah, it was. I well, I, I was, saw that earlier because that was she put the flyer up there, mm-hmm. and he seems to be one of the only people in that area that probably are into the same type of loftier kind of avant-garde type stuff. Which is also why I'm like, this is great for American Psycho, is because she's in this world that tends to be full of people that are, like, so out of touch mm-hmm. with their fellow men. Or even, like, look at the new Candyman. All those, like, art fest people, like, are like, wow, yes, like, gentrification. And it's like, you don't get the art, like, you are the gentrifiers. Like, mm-hmm. you're like, yes, this is a good moving piece. It's like, you don't, you, like, you, there's a disconnect of, like, yeah, it has ramifications, and, like, you are adding to that mm-hmm. in this sense it was just some yeah some dick at a record store <laughs> who immediately was like yeah i'm not the best singer but like i'll take 300 dollars, no less mm-hmm. and it's like all right guess you're gonna die yeah. <laughs> don't take that money right back <laughs> it's also when she gets very um like when she's into the music and i feel like people that are music people or no music people know this like they're on another plane like they're Mm -hmm. in some kind of zen especially when she's actually feeling those weird you know mental bursts of of pleasure as this is happening she's also listening to her own but she's lost in that she almost like for lack of a better word doesn't hear the pain yeah she hears it as part of the song song. so again like the disconnect she she doesn't really think that it's a human life she is ending it's something that she's like, oh, well, he can take, well, like, at the beginning, she's like, oh, mm-hmm. well, he can take it, it's all for this song. She's viewing people as instruments as opposed to humans that she yes. is killing, um, which uh, we can kind of bring both those together with the uh, harp player. So a harp is a hard instrument, I would imagine. It's a big fucking metal thing with strings on it, mm-hmm. and it's like a very specific way of how to play it. And I know people that can play it, they make bank just be, being hired to show up and play it mm-hmm. to for a whole event to seem very fancy. Well, yeah, and like in this case, it's at an art show right? where they have a live harp player just to kind of add that ambiance. What was this one for? Like, what was this art show for? So this art show was, if memory serves, it was Marie's boyfriend's friend from school right, okay. had an art show at a gallery and they were going to that. Oh, uh, right. 
Okay. So it was kind of supporting a friend of the significant yeah. other. Because he wasn't paying attention to the girls because he was, like, trying to buy this particular art piece. Mm-hmm. You know, which, oh, God, I wrote down. It was something stupid, too. Hold on, I gotta figure it out. But it, go was that re, 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 yeah, rehab? Yeah, re, 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 rehab. Which I'm like, <laughs> what the fuck? And there, I don't know. Again, art is subjective. I'm not ever gonna bash art or artists. But um, none of this stuff was worth what they said it was gonna be on sale for. <laughs> uh, um, <laughs> but Alexis ends up drugging the uh, harpist's drink, so they're kind of not on their full attentive game and then has a device that tightens the strings on the harp this is where she becomes the tinkerer full stop (laughs) yes so it becomes as sharp as piano wire and so as the harpist is playing the instrument they're cutting their hands which uh, has gotta hurt i mean it's fucked up because like I've seen people like playing violin, especially caught their fingers because they're just playing so much or they're pressing so hard. Mm-hmm. Like I haven't seen it, but I know that that happens. Yeah. Um, and this woman was like literally just so drugged up, and it's harp music, so it, it, like harp on a bass can't sound bad. Well, for and the most this part, starts to because since it's so tight, it's right. all out of tune. Right. Well, I, but like as they're going on, you know that the, the gallery is happening. Like, this woman's bleeding mm-hmm. and is clearly drugged up, and, and it takes having them some kind of a episode. bit yeah. to fi- to like notice it. Well, I'm I'm saying like I think it's because like harps, like you could hit a harp, you could hit someone against a harp, and it would be like kind of sounds nice. It's only <laughs> when it's like super super taut, you're like, oh, that sounds bad, and they look over, and it's a woman like having a stroke almost. You know, her hands bleeding, there's blood all over this instrument, and behind the whole stand is um, is Alexis just... Just listening in with yeah. an earpiece. Like, again, I don't want to, like, harp on the fact that, like, anytime she does it, it's an O-face. But, like, it is, and it's weird, because I'm like, no, it's it's got to be some kind of, like, other brain sort of thing going on. Like, you know, when you hear good music, you're just like, fuck yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, I get that. But, like... When I get that, I don't have a no face, personally. At least me. I don't know about you. I know that you tend to get like really like into it. Like you clench your fists a lot yeah. and you start headbanging, <laughs> which is cool because I do something similar. But I never am like, oh yeah, man, that fucking face. Like I'm not coming. Really, yeah. <laughs> I'm not looking like it on my face. And I think part of that is that rather than it just being her getting really into the sound, mm-hmm. I think it's more her piecing together what is her grand masterpiece right. and finding those pieces each time is just such a euphoric bliss. Yeah, like she's getting excited that she's like, oh shit, like I didn't even know I could do it this way, yes. right? Like I, what if I like cut somebody's eyes out? Like she's just getting mm-hmm. ideas. Well, yeah, and that's something I think that I found really interesting about mm-hmm. this was thinking about her piecing this all together. And it's very... Up to interpretation because it's not very defined in the right. movie, which I also kind of like in yeah, this exactly. case. You can put anything that you want on it. Exactly. You can personalize your experience watching this movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the um, the big kill, at least at the end, I wouldn't even really call it a kill. It's more of like a display. I was like, the final brutality. Yeah, it's just, it's weird. It doesn't work, but it's... Like, don't think about it. I was like, if you don't think about it too hard, it looks really interesting. It's very weird. Um, so, backing up a little bit before that. So, after this art gallery, um, her roommate finally is like, maybe 
she's a little weird because her boyfriend's well, her like, boyfriend, hey, like, I think I saw her last night. Yeah, she like, well, not only that, but he's like, I saw her there, and she was like, into it. Like she was like not panicked, which mm-hmm. was weird. And the police that are investigating her are very competent police, and they're like, all right, this seems weird. Let's go check these things. And I'm like, oh man, she didn't honestly use her real name oh shit she used her real name to check out that audio equipment yep um and by the end when uh when um her roommate's boyfriend is he shows up and she kills him more out of jealousy Mm -hmm. because she's clearly in love with her roommate who is sending her mixed signals okay her roommate i we can complain about her for a little bit yeah um not Good at noticing red flags. No. Not good at uh, communicating, clearly. Um, really likes to call Alexis babe. Which is why... Which is where I got my mixed right. signals from initially. Yeah, we're operating on the possibly wrong pretense that they are not together. Mm-hmm. I still think that there's... Yeah, especially because of all the babe. They could be together. I assu- how I interpret it is that they aren't together, but Alexis just really is in love. No, with Alexis Marie is definitely in love. Would with love her. for that to happen, but is kind of under the understanding that it's not. Because I think that it's Marie <laughs> thinks she's straight, but she's actually bisexual, which is what she realizes at the end before the things truth. change. She's like, could you imagine coming in and she's like. Alexis, I have a question for you. And she's like ready to be like, oh, yes, I did kill your boyfriend. And, you know, like, are you bisexual? Because I'm getting really weird signals here. She's like, oh, that's what, yes. Oh, yeah, you caught me. I'm also killing a bunch of people. I'm also completely fucking mentally deranged at this point. I am out of my mind. Because at that point, at the, the worst possible point, after, like, once Marie has kind of decided, like... I don't even know what she decided. But she shows up she to, like, reach to... out to Alexis well, for, like, the last time. Well, because she had just gone through kind of a uh, post-traumatic experience kind of depression bout after seeing the harpist. Yeah, and I so guess she's, so. so the next day, she's just kind of really off her game, so she's just kind of taking the day to relax at home, and then she decides to go join Alexis with whatever she's doing yeah, at her RV. She's do- killing her boyfriend, is which, what she's doing. Which Marie doesn't know. I know, but because like, Alexis where used at. Marie's phone to text boyfriend and then delete the text. Yeah, I'm like, per- like literally, and then I'm like, perfect crime. He'll never <laughs> catch me now. Well, yeah, and I love when the boyfriend shows up, he's just like... So, I'm uh, Marie texted sure you, but I'm pretty murderer. sure you are the one who texted yeah, me. Yeah, I literally wrote, like, I'm 99% sure that you're a murderer. <laughs> and she's like, oh, no, you know, and I think she even tries to flip it on, like, I think you're just jealous of us. And he's like, oh, you're clearly insane. And mm-hmm. he goes to leave, and then she blindsides him. Yeah. Uh, but I just, like... And I have, I kind of love that she has to set up the microphone in two different angles before <laughs> yeah, she right. starts murdering him. She did do that. And when he hits one of them, before she continues, she has to reset... She has to reset the mic, and I'm like, fucking yeah, man. If what I've... The small amount I've learned of sound editing from just you doing this <laughs> show for this is me going like, oh, it's all about volume regulation, it's all about mic placement, it's all about this and that. And, uh... I just, like, Maria, not really given much thought to this point, because I'm like, you're just, sometimes, and it's normally, and again, serial killer cases, it's like the significant others. 
usually don't know mm-hmm. um, because the serial killer likes to compartmentalize that part of their life. But normally, if they're like half sort of paying attention, you're going to see red flags. Marie just feels like the right type of rich young person in this scene who's going to ignore all of those things mm-hmm. and um, kiss her friend who is very psychologically vulnerable at this moment, specifically about that. Mm-hmm. Um and then seconds later, find out that she is a murderer. Well, yeah, because the worst right, possible part, literally right after they kiss, is when she sees blood trickling out of the RV. I'm like, and, and Alexis just turns to her and goes, "I really wish you hadn't seen that." Like I'm like, "Oh, you were out." You're like, "Oh," she could have just been like, "Well, you know, I'm checking in. I'll see you later." But she's like, "No, I think I'm in love with you." Mm-hmm. And then you know, it gives Alexis exactly what she wants, and then obviously immediately rejects her when she finds out she's a serial killer, giving her the perfect ammunition to turn her friend into a human amplifier. Yeah. So they kind <laughs> of um, finale. <laughs> they kind of um, hint towards this finale. When Marie first shows up, I've put this together since we watched oh, it. Oh, cool. Because when Marie walks in, she just sees empty subwoofer boxes, which <laughs> um, Alexis is like, yeah, these used to be my family's. I was just getting them renovated so I could use them for the... Um, my big mission. For my masterpiece. <laughs> yeah, wink, which, you know. Yeah, ends up being that. And then it has Alexis having to choose between just keeping her kidnapped... Um, love of her life with her in and out of a drug-induced state or to use her for her masterpiece, which is what she ultimately ends up deciding to do. So, like, in her weird wires-crossed brain, it's... So, she's... Her big thing is that the human body has its own natural beats. Mm -hmm. So, if you put, like, amplifiers and subwoofers into the human body that would amplify its natural beats... That would be her masterpiece. Is literally showing someone that thing. Mm-hmm. And who else would she give this magnum opus privilege to than her love unwillingly? Yes. So don't ask us how she does it, because it's impossible. But yeah. she kind of just puts I was like, it's them... got a couple <laughs> it's got a couple like in and out cuts in terms of like the editing yeah. of the scenes. It tries to imply that she uses like the internal wiring of these speakers to somehow hook up to the like nervous system of Marie's body. And there's some kind of Bluetooth there because it's connected yeah, to her phone. Because it's not plugged in. No. You know? Because <laughs> like, she walks out of the RV onto the beach and a bunch of people are like, holy shit. You know? Well, and yeah. It's not plugged in. <laughs> but yeah, so um, the police know about... Uh, Alexis at this point, yeah. and her RV. So they go to her garage and just find the boyfriend's body, and the RV is gone. And then we, fi- we find the RV at a beach where Alexis just opens the door and walks out onto the beach. It's so funny because if you saw, like, a bird's-eye view of this whole scene, it's like the RV pulls up to, like, the like a beach parking lot. Mm-hmm. It's like people are around on the beach recreating, using the beach, having a normal time. Then Alexis gets out and then starts, like, 10 Things I Hate About You dancing around the, the de- not the desert, the, the beach. Yeah. <laughs> to, like, music that, the- at least at the time, I'm like, she just thinking this? Because, I don't know, her dances kind of seem like when only she can hear it. Like, she's not even wearing headphones. Like, it's just like, mm-hmm. it's just to the beat of her own drum in her own head. 
Um, but because the speakers are actually playing that song at the end, it draws everybody's attention to just kind of stare at this girl as she walks. Yeah, out. as she just walks towards the sea. And yeah, it's not like it's just on top of her body. It, it is, is inside in, of her. It is instilled in her. Like one of them is beating, and it's like. Every right. time it beats inward, it gets a little bit of blood on it to beat out. Yeah, it, it was really gross because as it go, I mean, that type of f- physical trauma, you're going to die from. Well, yeah, because it's on <laughs> her uh, chest, it's in her arms, and on her, her legs. Thighs. Yeah. On so her thighs she specifically, is, yeah. She, however, the, again, however the science works out, it is getting to the point where because the beats are accelerating as she is dying, the... It, the the speakers are becoming more powerful in their output, so they're causing obviously more internal hemorrhage, which brings if you've ever poured any sort of liquid in or like if you've done that cool like silly putty experiment, uh, when you put yeah, yeah. When you push it, like and then it'll bounce. Blood up. is happening. Yeah, uh, yeah, that is happening with blood coming out of her, uh, and it's, it's fucking really righteous. Like it's very cool. I just wish it was like. A song I knew and it was mm-hmm. like some crazy fucking speed metal it would well, be awesome and I think it's also really smart of Alexis to have done that and getting got to see her magnum opus because that's also where the police are gonna go when they come to the scene is to the dying person who's right. a speaker and not looking for you right away however so like she kind of just kind of dances down the beach and then as she, this is happening well, and she goes through a, a kind of um I I don't want to say bipolar experience, but it's in and out of uh, joy of her magnum opus and absolute devastating loss that she has done this to the love of her life and her best friend, and now neither of those things will be with her after this moment. Yeah, I, I'm. It's. In, I mean, it's not interesting. It makes total sense, but it's. I like that your your brain went there. Because that's true, you know, she, from one angle of the lore of this movie, you could argue that it was her more as a slave to this drive, you mm-hmm. know, and feeling comp- compelled to do these things. So yeah, obviously she's like, I really wish you wouldn't have seen that because it's like, well, now I have to kill you because you're going to stop me from doing this. Mm-hmm. And now it's like, well, I might as well use you because you're still alive as opposed to the boyfriend who is dead. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you're right, just being like, Fuck! What have I done for the sake of my art? Where my brain went because I the whole movie of I'm on the serial killer track of like this is the trajectory of any serial killer, and I'm very impressed that this movie is hitting all of these even without knowing it. Mm-hmm. Is that a lot of these, especially psychopaths, they have a chronic emptiness. They have like a, a severe lack of of sociability and. Just interests like they just lose interest so quickly even with anything like anything eventually will lose interest to them even something like this to the point where even during the event uh some of these people can lose interest and it's like just like everything else in my life this also lost its moxie or you know even to a more weird membrane thing it just like everything else is a song that ends mm-hmm. and then that feeling is gone. And if we want to get, cause the movie ends right kind of there. Well, yeah, Cause then her kind of just, her just walking away on the beach as the credits roll. Right. Cause you could even say that like that thing from then on death, 
Like yeah. that was the last one. It was like, cool, you did it. Now you're fucked. Now you're, you crossed that line. Now you lost that privilege. You mm-hmm. lost that power. Yeah. Like all of this stuff, none of it is wrong. Because, but all, because also none of it is like right. Because yeah, none just, of it's confirmed. Yeah, none of all of it's kind of open and up in the air. It's kind of cool that way to almost be like my biggest note for this movie was as simple as: Are we too stupid for it, or is it too stupid for us? Yeah. Because it could go either way. Where I mean, just like any type of type of art, especially experimental art, it's all subjective, mm-hmm. and it from one angle from us immediately looking at it can look kind of unfinished and more like there's a lot of good stuff here let's kind of get another redraft of it or it's just like any sort of other abstract art it's supposed to give you a lot to think about it's supposed Mm -hmm. to give you different angles which now that i'm thinking about that makes it so much better now because like everybody listening to this right now can go watch this movie and come away with a completely different opinion that even the two of us had exactly which go do that please and let us know because we want to know more theories about sound of violence and this movie i think just uh gives itself such a great opportunity for this kind of a conversation of how did you interpret this what did this mean to you because it's not it it no one is right or wrong exactly (laughs) yeah it's not a defined right answer it's just how did you interpret Mm -hmm. this which i think is a really interesting thing and i'm really glad i'm delving more recently into that area of horror movies you're gonna really like shutter if you Mm -hmm. uh get your subscription yourself or i can just sign into it on uh, the ps4 for you just because i don't know if you got a chance to look through all of those little mini documentaries little mini episodes i did Mm -hmm. over break for the shutter but i don't know when those are gonna come out but um it's all that it's all me being like this looks like a kind of half-baked concept on paper and then it's like holy shit the director decided to go this way with it. Mm-hmm. And just because the director decides to not specifically go one way or the other with it doesn't necessarily mean that it doesn't have anything to say. It has a lot to say. It just doesn't want to step over what you think it says, mm-hmm. which is kind of nice in a way that it's not trying to get in its own way about what it wants to be. Um, and it can just be something simple and entertaining while also being profound if you want it to be profound. Because mm-hmm. you could just as easily be like, it's evil Daredevil becoming a jigsaw protege, but with music. Like, you yeah. could just as easily say that and, and write it off if you want to, you know, or you can make it complex. You can make mm-hmm. it as more or less complex as you want, which is pretty cool. Well, yeah, and I will say, going on to recommending this movie, it's not nearly as graphic or right. gory as I anticipated when I was going into the movie, which yes. I'm actually really thankful for because all of what it does show is very tasteful and very poignant because mm-hmm. it happens for a reason. Right. I'm glad you brought that up because there's a distinct lack of gore. Mm-hmm. Um, even the short film had a more gore yes. than the, the whole movie put together. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, it's more about the... Uh, the the tone that they build. Because, like, the whole time, I remember looking at Over You a couple times and being like, I don't know what the tone of this movie is supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Which, again, leads to it can go to any tone. It can yeah. be silly, goofy. It can be serious. It can be, tr- like, sad and tragic. So because it's kind of up in the air and because the gore is still kind of, I mean, it's almost it, gone. It's pretty much mm-hmm. just blood. The only yeah. thing in the movie that indicates any sort of violence is blood. Yeah. Um, and it's not even blood associated with wounds. Again, gore. It's more just bloodiness. Mm-hmm. There's blood places after the murder is done. Like, even when the cops find the scene, like, of the homeless person, the guy's laying face down and there's just blood on the floor, like, around his body. Mm-hmm. Which is, like, standard 
PG-13, you know, even just like Law and Order FDU type crime scene stuff that um, I hope, yeah, if, if gore is the only thing that turns people away, now that is even taken care of. So yes. I'm glad you brought that up. Because, yeah, this this one could have been very gory. Yeah, I mean, even, so. um, you know, the flashbacks of her mother murdering her mother. It's with a meat cleaver. That's pretty intense. Yeah. But there's never, it's only ever, like, him raising it and, like, lowering it. You don't see, yeah, like, you don't actually see any it. kind of mm-hmm. point of impact. Yeah. Especially with the knife. A little bit more with her with the meat tenderizer with the dad. I mean, but, yeah, but then that's but more, But even like, that's not much. Yeah. Well, I mean, you could easily, if you take out the sound effect, it's like, well, that could have been made out of, like, styrofoam, mm-hmm. and it wouldn't have actually hurt somebody. Uh, you know, so, in, in a whole, all in all, this director could have gone a gory route to get people to watch it, and he didn't, or the whole crew, in, in that sense, didn't mm-hmm. opt for that. They opted more for tone in terms of like a free tone you can yeah. put them anywhere you want and more of the visual style right. I think they were going for because that cinematography is very music video like mm-hmm. um, it's uh, the, the movie is shot all, like it, there's a lot of times that reminded me a little bit of It Follows in terms of the aesthetic nature of how things were framed mm-hmm. the transitions that were going on and of course the music at times yeah um, specifically towards the end when it was more Violence, like it follows, is only really violent towards the end of the movie when things start getting faster, mm-hmm. and that's when the tone shifts. But even in this one, when the tone shifts to more like she's in her like berserker ma- rage of serial killing, you still have that human aspect in her. Mm-hmm. And yeah, she never truly loses all of herself. Right, like we follow along with her. Like I'm not necessarily rooting for her. We're mm-hmm. more like. What's she going to do next? Or, like, how is she going to get caught? You know, that sort of thing. That all these ways you could watch the movie. You know, I was rooting for the cops because I'm like, she's asking to be caught. Yeah. She's, like, not even <laughs> trying. You know, or you could, like, we also, I don't know about you, but I was also like, maybe, like, her roommate will be like, oh, maybe if I, would like, talked to you about, like, how you're feeling, like, maybe that's a big source of your stress and, you know, we don't have to kill Communication. people. Communication. Saying it for fucking years. Yeah. Maybe <laughs> we don't get to these points if we just talk to our roommates about, like, hey, are you experiencing homicidal, like, ideations that center around some kind of horrible traumatic past? If the answer is yes, go to therapy. You talk, <laughs> you talk get to that help. Group. Get help. Don't. Don't go, murder people. Don't become the Riddler. Don't go down this path. <laughs> don't do that. <laughs> yeah. Wait till she shows up in the Echo Show as a fucking villain. <laughs> no. <kinda> like... <laughs> it all comes full circle. Yeah, man. <laughs> yeah, you got anything else about this? So yeah, I think ultimately I I would recommend this movie. I yeah, went, now I would. <laughs> I went back and forth over the past couple days since we watched it on whether or not I would recommend this for people. But yeah, after some of the conversations we've had, after the last hour we spent Truly, just talking about it, it's, it's maybe really one solidified <laughs> my thoughts on this movie and my appreciation for it. Mm-hmm. Um, and for anyone who's looking for the movie right now, I know it's currently available on Showtime, right? Through which is either through Showtime itself. Or through Amazon Prime as one of their Prime Video channels, which is how we you watched it. Get a free trial of, of Showtime or Stars for like a week and watch it. That's yeah, what we did. <laughs> it, it's you can get a free week of Showtime with any Amazon Prime account, um, just as your free trial. I would totally recommend checking it out if this intrigues you. Right, right. 
Uh, I mean, I know at least that uh, we were. What were the picks when we were going to figure out what we were going to record, first of all? Because I remember. So, what we're doing, at least for now, we actually haven't. I don't know if we talked about it on the show. I don't think we But have yeah, yet. this episode and our next episode are going to be kind of just run of the mill episodes before we kind of get started on a new season. Uh, Series, series of, of sorts, yeah. yeah. Over um, umbrella series for the next couple of uh, months. Um, it's not a franchise, I promise. No. It's something a lot more fun. Um, but we were just figuring that we would kind of give two, you know, relatively relaxed type episodes before we go. So I charged Danny with picking any movie, any movie, any that, movie. like literally any movie, and. He went a route I was not expecting. You went a route of kind of underground. Like, you went right on to Amazon Prime Video where there's always nuggets. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you looked for... What did you look for specifically? So, what uh, was that? What for was... me specifically, I was looking through the um, streaming services I knew I wouldn't have for very long. Oh, so right. So I knew I was looking for things that I wanted to get to as soon as I could. Okay. And so I just kind of looked for any nuggets in there that I that sounded really interesting or I had heard of vaguely at one point. Right. So yeah, when I was deciding for this week's episode, I was debating between the sound of violence and, um, Benny loves you, which is a, which is another, um, kind, kind of inspired by child's play kind of thing where a (laughs) teddy bear comes to life with murderous tendencies. Right. There was one more too, right? There was also I'm, I'm, uh, the I'm last showing or something like that. The last picture show. The last picture, something like that. But it was a right? foreign film, so I didn't want to delve into that. Cause the last I didn't picture feel... show is not. It's something else. The last. It was the last something. It's not the last was... drive-in. That's Joe Bob Bridges show. Not, hold on. But, but yeah, it, it it was a. It, it's something that came out also last year that looked like a concept that I know I was familiar with of someone going to see an eighty. The last slash, matinee. The last matinee. Uh, going into a movie and getting literally sucked into a movie, the, the like horror movie, um, which is a concept I've been hearing more over the last couple of years. It's like where meta horror as a genre has kind of tried to redeem itself in the sense of uh, there's a movie that fits this description exactly that I thought this was actually okay. that I want to come back to because even just by the trailer, I'm like, holy shit, there's a lot more depth mm-hmm. to this. And they're saying something very, very different than what I assumed. So I'm sure we'll come back to those and probably yes. the puppet one as well. Oh yeah, we will. If you like it. Because <laughs> yeah. it'll be like, I mean, we were honestly up in the air of when we were going to cover this one, but I'm glad that we ended up doing it because as we covered it, it was like more and more we wanted to find what was good. Yes. But that one, I feel like you were like, I think I'm going to watch this one and I will have seen it now, but yeah. I might not want to recommend it to yeah. others. <laughs> But yeah, we're going to keep those in mind. Um, I know at least going forward, we're opting for some more. Like, we're not going to do another series for quite a while. We're not. We're going to stay away from more heavier stuff for mm-hmm. a bit. Um, at least lore-based. Yes. Um, I don't want to bog more people down with us with a, some Saw derivative. But um, the episodes that are coming will be fun. Guarantee. Mm-hmm. If not a little... Uh, I wouldn't say grab baggy, but they definitely are going to span a lot of different areas. Yes. Um, but they are going to be related somehow. How How so, that's up for you to guess. <laughs> <laughs> but until that time...
I'm the Duke of Spooks. Well, and you got to follow us on Instagram at the underscore square horror podcast. That's right. <laughs> and you can reach us on our email at squarehorrorpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, we have at least one person reach out to us, which was pretty cool. Yes. And uh, I don't know if we've carried on conversations, but we totally can if uh, people want us to be more um, open, open lines. We don't really do a whole lot except go to school. Yeah, and work and shit. But uh, yeah, we we'll, we absolutely will make time for mm-hmm. uh, for something like that because uh, I mean this is fun as it is, and it's pretty much just been us and a couple of our friends that we've made beyond our show. Oh yeah, show. it's great. But yes, who are you? Yes, I'm the Duke of Spook. I don't. I'm sorry, I didn't catch that. Oh, uh, 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 oh, oh, I'm the Duke of Spook. Oh, good, good. The pain. Yeah. Okay, cool. There you go. All right, I'm the master of ceremonies. And until and... next time, stay spooky out there. Don't kill people for your art, for the love of Pete. <laughs>